Hi there, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast. My name is Patrick Francie, and I'm the CEO of the Real Estate Investment Network. In addition to being a business owner, I'm also a real estate investor, I'm a coach, I'm a husband, I'm a very proud grandfather. And along with that, I'm also committed to stretching beyond what I've already achieved and of living a fulfilled life by continuing to make a positive difference in the world. I invite you to join me to listen in on the Everyday Millionaire podcast as I interview and have conversations with seemingly ordinary individuals who have achieved some pretty extraordinary results, whether it be in their life, in their business, in real estate. And it's here where I'm going to delve into the details of their journey, along with the paths they've traveled to get where they are today, and as importantly, where they intend to go in the future. My guests are here to inspire. They're here to help you learn by talking about what's real for them, both in their wins and in their challenges, from the life and the lifestyle they live to the person they had to become along the way in creating and building their financial futures for themselves and their families. Before I begin this episode, I'll start by first thanking you for listening in and for your support and the feedback you provide us on the show, as well as to ask you to please continue to send your comments, your suggestions, or your questions directly to me at CEO at RainCanada.com. That is CEO at R-E-I-N Canada.com. And if you're inclined, please share this podcast with your friends, your family, and with people you know, or perhaps even people you don't know. Rate the show and comment on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you happen to use to listen in. And while you're at it, please follow me on the Everyday Millionaire Facebook page. So thanks again for the feedback you provide us. It's definitely appreciated. Okay, let's get on with this show and have a conversation with today's guest. I'm joined today by some good friends, very longtime friends of mine, Jared and Krista Hope, who have over 16 years of in the trenches real estate experience that they have developed a no BS kind of approach to real estate investing that makes it simple for anyone to own money making income properties. In 2017, they started Tilt Property Group when they realized how disappointed they were in property management services that were available, and they have taken that game to a whole new level. With many years of experience of educating and mentoring, they decided to take this next step and create JK Coaching. Their story is full of the highest highs and the lowest lows, and I can attest to that, having known them for many years. And it's led them to create some very epic coaching programs for their clients in the world of real estate. We're going to be talking about that today. Sharing their story means being present and accountable. They truly teach what they know and what they learn, and they are big time learners. There is ultimately no better feeling from their point of view than using everything that they have learned as real estate investors and as deeply invested couple and family to empower their clients. That is a version of a quote from Jared and Krista. And we are going to get into this conversation today. I'm looking forward to it. Sit back, relax, enjoy a lot of great insights that we'll be sharing today. Jared and Krista Hope, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast. How are you guys doing today? 
Unbelievable. Uh, amazing. Now, I've had you both on the show over the years, over the past few years, individually. Now, as husband and wife, you've always been husband and wife, but together as a team, you're here. <laughs> no, we, we just became husband and wife. <laughs> <laughs> so not true. So anyways, welcome to the show. Jared and Chris, I'm going to open up with the question that I always ask my guests, and that is, you know, I, I've read your bio, like I've introduced your bio, but it always better coming directly from the guest. So when somebody says, what do you do? What's your answer to that question? Who wants to take it on? I, I will take that on. So I'll deflect off Krista. Like the, the easiest thing for me to say is we're real estate investors, blah, blah, blah. That's that's the easiest thing to say, because on the surface, that's what people see. Mm. But what I do is I, right, right now, my purpose is to give my kids a life that I never had. Mm. And, you know, back in the day, it used to be help people have a limitless life. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years ago, we shifted, I shifted that to giving my kids a life that I never had. Mm. And that is showing them what love is, showing them how to love themselves and showing them how to be loved. Mm -hmm. And like my mission, my, my, my every day, what I do is provide this experience and this new way of being for my kids. Oh, you just opened up a great door conversation. Thank you for <laughs> no, that. Because it's so easy to jump into work and here's, I know, here's, here's I know. all this bullshit, right? I get it. Well, let's, so. okay, so got that. Okay, so Krista, what about you? If I ask you that question, what's your answer? I was saying before, it's one of my least favorite questions. Mm -hmm. um, but but in that frame of reference, really, I help people get in their hearts and live for love. I love that. Okay, so that's great. People getting in their hearts and we've known each other a long time and, you know, we're all kind of wired that way. We kind of get in and out of our hearts and get into our intellects and, but how do you live a life that way? That's a cool question, right? Mm -hmm. How do you actually make that just how you live life as, a, as opposed to a thing to accomplish kind of, you know, that's how I look at that question. So, yeah. or that comment, but I want to go back to children first. Okay, because that's a cool conversation. Now I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna open this door. We've never had this conversation. So you have got two amazing children. You are amazing parents, and I know that all to be true. But you talk about you know the I th what was the how did you word it? You said to provide your kids a life that you weren't able to live. No, to give my kids a life that I never had. That you never had. Okay, so before I make any assumptions, let's dig into that. What does that mean? Uh, well, first of all, I had a great life. I had a great childhood, mm -hmm. you know, and my, my, you know, my parents did the best they possibly could with the little information that they had. Mm -hmm. And nowadays in our world, you know, social media, you know, um, Instagram, and there's so many things that you can get off of social for personal development. Whereas back in the day, you legit had to go find it. You legit had to open up a book or open up, go to the library or go talk to somebody. Whereas nowadays it's just so easy. And, you know, like the way I was brought up was, you know, it was, it was fine. It was great. I, I had a great childhood and obviously who I am today is because of that. But I, I just think there's more, I, I just think there's more love out there. I think there's more to give out there. I think there's more appreciation to be had out there. And, you know, so that's, that's, that's what I mean by that. It's not, it's not that my life was bad. It was really good, but I think we can level up and it's, it's like anything. Okay. So Krista, do you have a comment on this one? Yeah. It's funny because we've been uncovering a lot of, you know, we're doing more growth work all the time. And the way Jared and I each do that is very differently. Mm -hmm. So, so my big thing for the kids is like, you know, guarding and fostering their, their, who they are as humans and mm -hmm. their sort of mental stability and growth. 
Mm-hmm. Where Jared, it's about helping them succeed in whatever they want to succeed in. That's how, that's where his love shows up. So I think it's that. It's it's each of us fulfilling in our own ways to foster that development in the kids. Mm-hmm. I love that thought process. I'm going to share a thought process with you or a, you know, something that a guest on the show once shared with me. So it happened to be Mark Workington, great guest, a very accomplished uh, lawyer. He's got a great business, uh, owns a lot of real estate, has done very well in his life. So he was on the show and, and you know, as I do, I'm talking about your background. How did you get there and all the rest of it? So he was brought up in a very loving family. His father was a pastor. His mom was a stay-at-home mom. So Obviously, not a lot of money in that family, but lots of love. And so I said to Mark some version of the question. I'm paraphrasing all of it because I don't remember the exact, but it was along the lines of, so Mark, why do you do all this? I mean, you know, is this for legacy? You've got this great business. You've got this real estate. So why are you doing this? Is this a legacy for your kids? And do you know what his response to me was? Why would I do that to my children? I listened to that one, Patrick. Oh, and I went, what the hell? I went, and so, and then his whole premise for that, Krista, was very simple. It was like, I am who I am because of what I didn't get, what my parents didn't give me, you know, the the character he developed. And I would offer that same to you, Jared and Krista, and, and to all of us. I went, holy crap. As parents, we want to give our kids, we want to do exactly that. We go... You know, we want to give the kids the stuff that we didn't have and do all the things we didn't do and blah, 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 the whole story. And Mark spun it for me and he went, yeah, no, why would I do that? I've got their education. They're going to university. They're traveling and because of their education, blah, 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 and all the rest of it. Cool. But I, no, I'm not giving them a bunch of money. And I went, what a cool thought process. Yeah. So ours isn't much different. Like the material things are, are one thing. And, you know, the experiences, the trips, the cars, the fancy sticks, like that's all one thing. I never had that as a kid either. Like mm-hmm. I, we never went anywhere as a kid. Mm-hmm. We couldn't afford it. And Chris and I were talking maybe yesterday. We're like, hey, what, what are we going to do with these kids? Like, are we going to let them work in the company? And Chris is like, no, like they have, they're not going to get the company. Yeah, We don't want them to have the company. You know, I want, I want to teach my kids. Like Chris and I are successful because of the lessons that we've learned as a kid. Like we, we put in the, the hard work. We've, yeah. you know, we've had to almost go bankrupt. We've had to make mistakes. But along the way, I wasn't really guided by my parents on the financial side because my parents didn't really understand that. You know, my dad was an accountant. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. They, they were awesome. But there was very little guidance on that on the financial side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a certain level of protection layering or insulation we can give our kids or opportunities with schools and experiences of seeing the world and stuff like that. But... But I want to give my kids a life that I never had in the sense of like, here's the guidance on, you know, sports and here's the guidance on hockey. But you got to step into it. I'm not fucking handing it to you. Mm-hmm. I can't make you do it. But here's, you know, here's some here's some things to read books or courses or coaches or programs like, you know, go. Here's what I've learned. Go. But it's up to them ultimately to step into it. But they yeah. will not get our get well, business. Gonna, we don't want them to have it. I'm going to add to that because I've spent a lot of time looking at like because I have to parent in a different way than my parents did because you know, having more things available, how do I do this in the best way possible for my kids? Like, what? Mm-hmm. where's the line of what I give them? Here's the thing. I don't think that there's a truth. I don't think there's this, there's a truth of like, if you grow up with money, you're innately more good or bad. I, I think it's different. I think it has nothing to do with money. And it's more about the values that we're instilling in them and how we're raising them, yeah. money or no money. Mm-hmm. We see this, we see examples of wealthy people and poor people 
in either spectrum. But like our kids have probably seen more counselors and coaches than most adults have, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's the kind of exposure. Yeah, um, and not only that, our kids see us going to counselors and coaches and, you know, like that's, that's giving a kid, that's showing my kids or giving a, my kids a life that they never, I never had. Mm-hmm. Like I never saw my parents, they, they might've done counseling. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. They might've had coaches and mentors. I have no idea, mm-hmm. but my kids are so like, they know all our coaches. They know all our counselors. They know all of our programs that we're doing and running. Mm-hmm. Like they're a real part of it to the sense that when, when my kids need help with something, my hope, my desire is that you know, down the road, they will seek help mm-hmm. versus trying to do it themselves. I hope that's one of the things I teach my kids that when their relationship is on the rocks, it's like, yeah, let's let's go get counseling. Mm-hmm. When they want to go to elevate to another level up to another level, they in sports, they go get a coach or a mindset coach or whatever it is. They just naturally are have ta- we've taught them to reach out. Mm-hmm. When you look at what you've got, you know, what, how you support the kids. I mean, you're both athletic. You're both have a background of being athletes. Uh, I know Jared a bit more than Krista in terms of that, but Krista, you are also very athletic. So when you look at sports and the role that sports plays for your kids, you guys keep embracing it. Do you have a fundamental philosophy around it is why sports, um, and what it means for you in terms of why you use it or why you have your kids. I know they enjoy it, but beyond that, how do you read into sports and why they play sports? Do you, do you want to go first on this one? Cause, <laughs> cause this is, the, we actually just went and saw a counselor about this yesterday. yesterday <laughs> or, 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 I swear to God. Hours with their counselor on this one. <laughs> we, we, how we go about it is very different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. And, let's but, talk about that. This, okay. Yeah. Let, no, this is a good one. Uh, we can do a little session right now. I'll do a little counseling with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Go. It's like the old days. No, this, this is a legit hot topic for yeah. us because, um, you know, because we have two different views on how to what sports mean to us, mm-hmm. and and then and then we insulate or, or guide the kids differently based on those. Two, okay, right? so Krista, tell yeah. me, give me your philosophy. Well, sort of back to that that piece of like my biggest, my most important value or, or what's most important to me is that my kids are mentally strong and stable and healthy, mm-hmm. and so that sometimes the pushing can feel conflicting to me because I want to really guard their mental health. How old are your and kids now? But just, sorry, just for the audience, share 16, how old the kids are. Yeah, 16 and 14. Yeah, yeah. so so Kenzie is 16 yeah. and then our son is 14, Grady. Yeah. And very different kids. So then yeah. there's that, you know. Yeah. And then Jared's big value is like doing everything possible to help them achieve whatever they say their goal is. Mm-hmm. And right now the game that they're choosing or the, you know, to play is hockey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's if they said that they wanted to go to Harvard and be, you know, top marks in school, then mm-hmm. we'd play that game, I guess. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, then we can what happens is it can polarize us and and I can go too far one way and Jared goes too far the other way. And then the kids get stuck in the middle. So, and, yeah, and this is actually this is exactly how Patty described it. Like, I'll go. I'll go, I'll go a little over here. Chris will oh, to the right. Chris will go a little to the left. So I feel I have to go more to the right. She goes more <laughs> to the left because we keep on, you know, offsetting each other, right? Because Chris's views of things are a little bit different than my view of things. But so we, we actually stop making it about the kids <laughs> and we start making it about ourselves and the lessons we want to teach the kids, which are two totally different lessons. That's lessons, funny. Right. So, uh, so 
Krista, I'm I'm sensing that you're a little bit softer in terms of <laughs> you sensing, yeah. So yes. maybe maybe you're like the kids go, I want to quit, and you go, well, that'd be okay too. That's fine. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> and Jared's going, no fucking no. way, you're quitting. Like you're gonna yeah. finish this season at least, right? Like it's like that, right? Yeah, and then so I mean that's perfect if we bring it together. Yeah. But if we if we're on opposite sides of that, it's very we're what we're essentially creating is master manipulators in our kids because yeah. they play our sides. But yeah, it's beautiful because. If we come together, it's perfect. Yeah. Like my, my big thing with the kids is, you know, they're at the age now where they have to start. I feel they're capable of understanding consequences. Mm. You know, like Grady, for example, will come out and say, hey, I want to, you know, this is draft year for this Bantam draft and for hockey in, in the Western Hockey League. And he'll come up to me and say, I want to be in the first, I want to get drafted in the first round. Now, Grady has all the skill to get drafted in the first round. And, you know, depending on who you talk to, he's there. But then, so... But Grady might come up to me and say, well, I want to I want to take the week off. I don't want to do anything. And I'll be like, OK, great. That's cool. You can take the week off. But just understand the ripple effect is potentially this. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to make the kids understand that, you know, like if you say you want something, here's all the action steps you have to do to achieve it. If you don't show up for these action steps, the end goal is going to shift. And are you OK with the shifting of the end goal? And if you're not, then you have to continue to show up. Mm -hmm. So like that, those are the kind of the conversations that I continue to have with the kids, but it's, mm. it's tough because, you know, then they recruit mom who is the total opposite of that. It's like, Oh, let's give them a rest. Let's let them take the break. And so they kind of play us a little bit. Like they're pretty smart mm -hmm. and they get that manipulation from Chris's side of the family. <laughs> totally kidding. There's a fundamental around sports though. So, I mean, aside from playing the game, what do you hope your kids get out of playing sport? Well, to be honest, for me, it's not about hockey. It's not about the sport at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I think what I think the lessons that once again, you know, like me growing up as a kid, I always had coaches. I had skating coaches. I had Stephanie, uh, you know, your wife as my skating coach, mental coach. I had trainers. I had nutritionists. I had all this stuff growing up. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've learned over the years is that when I need help, there's people out there to help me. I don't have to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, setting goals and targets and things to achieve and failing and then getting back up and, and going after it again, like mindset is a big thing for me. Like this isn't about hockey. This is about teaching my kids how to surround yourself with people that can help you get to where you want to get without thinking you have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. This is about trying and failing and learning. This is about trying, failing, learning and getting back up and doing it again. This is about following a, a passion, a desire, a love that you that you say you want. And and it's okay to pivot. Like to me, this isn't about my kid playing in the NHL. I could give two shits about that. This is about teaching him and my and my and my daughter life lessons on how to be successful. What I deemed as helping me get successful throughout my career. Krista, what's your thoughts? It translated directly into business for both of us. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, more of a wow, if I'd really put in, put more effort in, if I'd put more drive and focus, what I could have possibly achieved. So this is just the game that they're choosing right now. And it, it'll change. Obviously, it's not going to be this forever. Yeah. And I often wonder, like, are we creating this game? Like, I always had guilt. Like, did we sort of force them into hockey just because it was natural and normal for us? But mm -hmm. it doesn't well, matter. But I'm sure we did, like, because that's Maybe. our sport. Like, you, you know, you played a good level and I played a good level. So hockey... And, and, and the truth is, we lived in Edmonton, where you know that's all there really what is. What else there was to do? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's all we had, right? So the kids naturally went to went to a sport that we loved. 
Well, it's it's interesting is what, you know, of course, being in the business that I was in, in in Edmonton and with Stephanie, you know, we worked with, you know, lots of hockey, lots of figure skaters, and but lots of athletes overall. We just got to know many athletes over the years. And there was a phrase that Stephanie had come up to, you know, years ago, which was with her young athletes, which was use hockey, don't let hockey use you. As you know, you can get into that mode where, you know, hockey's not good for you and you get to a certain age. But here's the one thing I do understand. And I really, because we got to know so many of our customers, our clients over the years, kids, you know, moms coming in every week, dads, you know, over the years. And, you know, one thing I learned about it is that we can't step away from the fact that what playing on any team sport, whether it happens to be hockey or it doesn't matter. If you're on a team sport, you have to learn how to be on a team. You have yeah. to learn how to interact with other people. And I always remember this dad coming in and Jared, you will, well, both of you will get this one really well. Like he's, he is mad because, you know, they're doing whatever they call it, uh, where they assess the players, what tier they're going to play. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's going, oh, my kid, you know, they're, they're, they're tearing him down to, you know, like tier, whatever, five or whatever the number was. Right. And he should be tier one or two. And I, and and I looked at him and I said, well, that's interesting. I said, you can look at that and, and understand that, okay, maybe they're not doing a great assessment of him. And here's my suggestion. What if you support him in playing tier five, but he's the best player on tier five on that team, yeah. or you put him into team two, you fight for the, or tier two, you fight for that and he becomes the worst mm-hmm. player in tier two. Why don't you take him to tier four, coach him to be a great leader on the team, be the number one guy, show other players how to step up. There you're learning, you're using the team as an opportunity You know, at tier five. If he's a tier one player, marginal, or a tier two player, marginally, then you're going to be lost in the shuffle anyways. What's he going to do? So anyways, mm-hmm. that dad was very thankful for that guidance because he actually took that guidance and put it to work that year, and that was many years ago. But I just yeah. always remember that. But I can tell you, I, I battle with that all the time mm-hmm. because part of me, if Grady doesn't hit, succeed or Candy doesn't succeed, it to me, it's like, oh, I failed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my ego. That's my that's my shit that I have to deal with when it's not about that with mm-hmm. the kids. So it's really hard to make sure that I'm not guiding Grady or Kenzie through my ego of him, of me having a value to him succeeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so many parents, I see this all the time with parents, you know, it's like, oh, if, I'm going to be, I'm, if my kid makes it, that means I've, I've, I'm a good parent or I've succeeded at this or I've mm-hmm. done this right. When it's really not about the kids, it has to be about the kid's experience. Yeah. yeah. And you know, of course, we've been involved in sports for many years totally. and we know what it's like with parents. And it's like, okay, <laughs> when did this cross the line and become about you as the parent and not about your children playing the sport? Yeah. Uh, it's always an interesting transition. So, you know, if anything in this, you know, we take away, you know, for me is that I, I'm a big fan of team sports. I think it teaches the kids huge value values and relationships. You know, I've hung out with many hockey players over the years, traveled with them. And the next thing you know, we're standing in lineup at a Starbucks in Colorado and somebody walks up and goes, you know, Hey Brad, how you doing? And then like they played hockey together at some level when they're, you know, midget or junior or something and they're lifelong friendships and, or they go to get a job and they put, you know, what they do, you know, sports is the thing that they do and they get preferential treatment because they were mm-hmm. a, a tier one player or they played university or they played in the minors, you know, and they get preferential. Like there is those opportunities when you play a sport. That's my point, yeah. I guess, around that. Yeah. What, what was that? What was that saying that uh, Stephanie said about sports? Oh, she well, she used it around hockey. Well, she it could be used around any sport. She used it around hockey, any yeah. sport, which is don't let the game use you. Use yeah. the game. And, so funny. Uh, so 
as you know, I went back and I played hockey uh, and I get a, and I hired Stephanie as a, a skating coach and mental coach. And, and when I left hockey, I came back to Edmonton. I remember clearly having a conversation with Stephanie about, because I, I was just going back to school and all of a sudden the Nadukes wanted me to go play hockey with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And Stephanie's like, yeah, no, like she, she brings this up. And I'm just like, okay, like, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And I went back, played for the Ooks mm-hmm. just to get my school paid for. Yeah. And that was, you know, that, that was the catalyst to start off my, my personal training career. Yeah, there you go. So and just for, for listeners, Ooks is Nate, which is Nate Northern Alberta Institute for Institute, Technology. Yeah. It's, a, it's a trade school, trade college, if you yeah. will. And uh, so that's cool. Okay, so let's move on. I want to talk about, because we got kids, and I want to talk about what's going on in the world. Now, both of you, you, you guys have built an amazing business of real estate investing, as well as your property management. And um, let's talk about that. It's a weird world that we live in this past couple of years given the pandemic, what have you been dealing with? What do you see that you've been dealing with in business or as individuals? And because just the way you're wired, you know, you face it, you overcome obstacles, you are mental, you know, emotional, spiritual. I mean, you're, you're pretty put together. How are you handling all that's going on in the world of business and real estate and all that's happening there? You want to go? Yeah, let Krista, well, Krista it. take it on. Come on, let's go. Sure. <laughs> no. Well, we have we have two different views of stuff. Well, yeah, and I'm laughing because you say we're put together, but like so, our counselor doesn't think. Well, no. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, how are people getting through this? Um, yeah, it's tough, it's tough and, times. And it, it's you'd said it before, Patrick. Like the highs are so high and the lows are so low mm-hmm. in in this volatile time. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of opportunity in it to you know a lot of shadows coming up of fears and challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're so we're in two very different worlds in that I really am hands off of of the property management, mm-hmm. you know, the day-to-day stuff and the investing. So my world is around like holding the energy of the house and 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 our world mm-hmm. and sort of managing that. that because we're the CEO, in a, you're the CEO of the family, the house, yeah, all things yeah. that work there. And yeah. J, uh, Jared is the CEO of Tilt and your real estate world. Is that yeah. a fair assessment? Yeah. And then I, I do within our real estate coaching, I do the one-on-one stuff with clients and right. often we don't talk about real estate. Yeah. I often <laughs> won't even know what our clients are doing for investing. <laughs> Isn't like, that what's... the case, right? It is yeah. so funny, you know, being and doing what we've done for as many years as we've done it. You know, I'm talking about we as in you and myself, yeah. um, you know, so many people just tell me what to do, tell me how to, how, 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 how. And it's so not about that work most like of that. the time, right? <laughs> totally. You know, it's not about how you can get hows out of a book. Yeah, then, I wish I knew that stuff back back then. Yeah. You know, but to answer your question, like, you know, 2019 or whenever the this COVID thing started yeah. um, a couple of years ago, like, you know, it was scary. You know, I, I thought I, I had all these properties and I didn't know what the world was going to do. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much fear. There was so much fear out there at that point in time. And I was I was getting caught up in it. I was trying not to get caught up in it, but I was I found myself energetically getting caught up in it. Mm. Um, I was in this world of oh my god, I'm going broke again. I was in this world of I have all these staff and families that have I have to support because my staff. You know, it was it was scary, man. Like it was yeah. like it was stressful. It was man more downs than ups. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so what I found over or over, over all of it is, I didn't die. 
So mm-hmm. that was great. Yep. Uh, still here. You no, know, we're still here. <laughs> like it wasn't as bad as it was first made out to be. Mm-hmm. And life shifted. It changed how we did business, shifted and changed. Um, we kept on pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very fortunate because we have really great people that we have surrounded ourselves with, mm-hmm. not just within Tilt, but within our community. Mm-hmm. Man, the business is good. Like it's one thing that we've done is we've really spent a lot of time and energy on our relationship and making sure that we are solid. And that's the first and foremost. We spend a ton of time on mindset and belief systems because mm-hmm. that kind of keeps the the noise out. Because if you listen to the noise, all of a sudden, you know, that's that's what's going to show up for you, yeah. for for us, right? So, you know, that's kind of, that's I don't know, that's all I can say is like, we just spent so much time working on ourselves in the last two years that really the noise doesn't bother us at all anymore. I, I just love that train of thought. Krista, do you want to add to that? Well, here's what's coming up for me. And Friends were talking about SARS the other day. This mm-hmm. is this is a bit of a side note, but it tells where we've been now. And SARS, when it comes up, I have zero recollection of SARS. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't come on my radar. But this is what I realized: it was because it was in 2008, I believe. I was we were in a recession in 2008. Yeah. So I guess what 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 I realized is just how much better of a place that we're in you know with our with our business with our mental health now because this is way bigger than SARS Mm -hmm. but I'm really conscious of my life and what's happening and it's not this big blank spot that I don't even remember like Mm -hmm. SARS was but there are some big differences from 2008 Nine ten, that financial recession SARS the state of the economy there's fear all over the place just like there is to now yeah uh, or the last two years and in our world uh back then versus now like you know like back then we were extremely leveraged out we yeah. were le- legit paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. you know like we were we were in that percentage of the population that legit was had like a 50 or 100 bucks at the end of the two weeks like it was yeah. crazy and we were so leveraged out and so since 2010 we rest- restructured or rebuilt the business that we weren't so leveraged and so now come 2000 and, you know, COVID times, come to COVID times, I don't even remember when COVID started. That's how it's just March 2020 me. was the, it, we, we wrote a report on it, by the way, the Real Estate Investment Network, we wrote a report on it in December of 20, uh, ni- uh, 2019. Uh, we oh. did our last event on, because uh, we saw it coming. We didn't know to this degree, of course, we d- but we did know it would have an impact. We had our last event live in Calgary on March the 7th, 2020. And I think they locked down March 15th, 2020. So, and and at the event, there were some people who canceled. We still had a a very good uh, event. And, uh, but people were canceling. People had, some people had canceled because uh, they'd got some, whatever update about COVID and people weren't going to fly from Toronto. And so there was, it was very controversial, but I remember the date well. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, you know, fast forward to COVID March 20, then, yep. you know, 2020, like our portfolio was in way better condition yeah. that that allowed us, you know, as much as I was worried about COVID, I was never worried about our portfolio in COVID. Mm-hmm. I was worried about my staff and I was worried about Tilt. I was worried about my clients and their portfolios. I wasn't necessarily worried about mine. Mm-hmm. So that allowed us to focus on our relationship, focus on controlling the 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 noise and what we allowed in to our world because it's a rabbit hole you get stuck on it you're screwed 
It's such an interesting conversation. Before I go there, though, Krista, do you have anything that you want to add to that, that you would add to that with your experience? The thing that comes to mind for me is I had tools by then. Like in COVID, I had, you know, back in 2008, I didn't, I didn't have personal practices or the ability to not get taken out mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, you know, what else is resources, you know, what else is really big as Patrick just asked that question is in come 2008, that's when we hired our first non-business coach. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like that's when we, we hired John. Uh, that we started, I started working with John in 2000, not 2018, 2019. Oh yeah. I started working with John Yeah. or we started working with John, mm-hmm. John Wineland. And so we hired a, a personal coach and like yeah. a life coach. Yeah. And that was the first year we shifted off of focusing on the business because what I, what I've come to realize over the years is I used to think that my business is what was a direct reflection of me mm-hmm. and where now it's like my business, I'm a, I'm a direct, no, my business is direct. My business is a direct reflection of me. And I used to think it was the reverse. Like, however my business was, that's how I am. And when it's reverse, and I I just wanted to be this calm, conscious person and under like just loving, if you will, versus this driver, driver, this blunt, you know, blah, 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 go, go, go. Yeah. But in 2019, that was the big shift for us. You know, it's interesting, you know, Stephanie and I, like you, we do a lot of coaching and we we recently, we launched Shift, which was a cool program we did in 2020. Did we do 2021? Yeah, it led into 2021. We didn't relaunch it yet and we're thinking about doing that into 2022, but we did launch Mindset Matters and we're doing, we do on this podcast, some Mindset Matters. The, the point of this is even in this conversation, if, how do you get the message to people, do you think that you are at the core. It is always about you. And it's such a yeah. hard message to get people to wrap their minds around, isn't it? It's like, no, it's yeah. outside of me. It's if I just, you know, if I just learn this, if I just do that, and often that's the case, but it's always, you are the center, you know, you are the the center of your universe and it all kind of radiates out from there. So I don't know, how do you get that message across or what would you say in, in, in that regard, knowing that you've developed, I mean, you guys are very, very successful in your businesses. You're very successful in your coaching programs and, and, and your property management and your real estate. And you guys are really doing some great work and you continue to shine a light on the fact that you're far from perfect as we all are not, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that you got to keep working on yourself and, and you continue to do that regardless. And in spite of your success, you continue to do that. And it's a journey. I'm, 20 years older than you or somewhere in that neighborhood. And I still have to do that. So my point is, is how do you get that message to people quit? Like just, if you really want to have that level of success, you got to focus on you. Dude, I don't know that answer. Like I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who want to do real estate coaching or something like that. And it's just, they just want this quick fix. They want this quick hit. And it's just like, no, but dude, it's all about like, stop reading real estate books, read <laughs> mindset books. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just, just like, man, it's all about, like you say, it's all about me. It's all about my center. It's all about me at the core. Yeah. And uh, dude, I don't know that answer. Like, that's a tough uh, one, isn't it? It's, I don't know, man. Like, but I often, I often look, if it were me back in 2003, and in 2003, that's when we started our real estate journey. In 2005, you and I teamed up as partners in 2007 and so on. And we just kept on buying. But if I was talking to me back in 2005, when I bought 64 properties that year, yeah. would I have believed you or somebody when they said, you know, 
you know, it's not about the, it's not about mm. how quick you're this or not about this or not yeah. about that. It's about you. I would have been like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go be rich. Yeah, yeah, I want to no. be rich because so money's going to solve, money's yeah. going to solve all solve my problems. The problem. Yeah. No, that's a good and, point. You know, I often find like Chris and I talk all the time, like how do you get to people before they hit bottom? Mm. And how do you get to somebody to, to alter their path before they smash to the floor? And some, you know, sometimes my response back is, I don't know if you can until yeah. they hit the bottom. Yep. And it's not until they bought they bottom out that they realize that there's that was the wrong path or that was the wrong way of doing it. Yeah. And it's not until they hit the bottom until they open up sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because even if even if me and I've been down this road where I've had coaches, like I've done all the right stuff, but I still never bought into the story that they're I was just doing just enough to fake it. I was faking yeah. it to make it. Yeah. And you know, until I bottomed out in 2000, well, twice I did it in 2010 and then again in 2015. But it wasn't until I bottomed out and hit the bottom and until I was able to open up and experience new things or or, or, or allow new things in, mm-hmm. right? Because up until then, I knew it all. Krista, what about you? What's your thoughts on that? Well, and I think that you have those nuggets to fall back on that you, they yeah. didn't make sense at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, oftentimes I'm... I'm trying to think of an example right now, but I'll think of things, you know, maybe Patrick, we've talked about, or, you know, back when I worked with Stephanie years ago, things mm-hmm. will come to mind and mm-hmm. then they'll make sense now, or mm-hmm. I'll have them as a reference and in, in there somewhere. So, you know, we're working with clients and we can, maybe sometimes we know they're not getting it or they're, but it's just like, you just keep dropping it in the field and, yeah. and it's going to be there for them when they're ready for it or they need it. Mm-hmm. And that's all you can do. I mean, this is, there's no finish line. There's nowhere we're getting to, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that might be enlightenment, but I don't actually believe that's my path in this lifetime. I don't, yeah. I don't know about you, but so it's the game's just ongoing. So when you, something you just said there, right? So there isn't this moment of enlightenment. There's that, that phrase, right? You know, before enlightenment, you know, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment chop wood, carry water. Right. Like it's, it's not a destination. So you better really be enjoying the journey of whatever it is. So yeah. because you get there and, and, and then you arrive and you go, okay, well, so now what? <clears throat> we yeah. see that with athletes often, you know, which is, okay, I've got my Olympic medal and, you know, Stephanie's book, you know, the other side of the medal is really plays to that. It's okay. Like what next? Now what? You yeah. know, it's like, okay, I got the medal. Well, hold it here. Now what? But yeah. back to something that you said tweak the question for me, Krista, which is, you know, given what you guys, you know, have done in your life, you're doing in your life, you're uber really on a journey of self-awareness and self-discovery and, you know, looking after your family and your kids and doing all of those things. If, if, if I use the word passion or purpose, Mm -hmm. what shows up for you? What, you know, it's like, you know, you said, you know, you drop something in the field and you don't know, but I mean, like, but for you, what is it today when you think about passion and purpose, what does that mean for you? So how I really want to impact people is, is helping them see, sure have goals, but those, just like what you said with the Olympic medal, like if you haven't, if you haven't gone into how do you want to feel with that Olympic medal and then what mm-hmm. you're going to get to the Olympic medal and then, then what then life's what? going to kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. So, so helping people see, why do they want what they want? What will that give them? Because we've all achieved goals and it's been empty. And and then so you just go attached to another goal. So it's like the trick is having that experience that you want then now. Because that the truth is how you think a gold medal might feel, for instance, you could you could give that to yourself now. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but I'm going to dig back to the question for you. Yeah. What is passion and purpose for you? Oh, for me. Yeah. So not how I'm working. Yeah. You know, it's just this like optimizing this game of life and being really present to whatever is is happening mm-hmm. wherever I'm at. And because I spent a lot of time not being present and being, you know, my habit was being fairly numbed out and sort of just doing. Mm -hmm. So really getting embodied and like, it's hard for me to put into words, Patrick, but there's like a, there's a felt sense of, you know, like this morning going out into my favorite walk along the, in the woods, along the the lake Mm -hmm. and being really like present to what I'm surrounded by, the beauty, the, that's what lights me up right now. That's what's, that's what How about you, Jared? Holy man, totally different than Chris's. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh, the like, I'm surprised by that. That's yeah, so weird. So, <laughs> as Chris is talking, I'm like, holy fuck, that sounds so boring. <laughs> so I'm kidding. No, you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, you know, like I'm trying, I'm at work at being as conscious as I possibly can be. Yeah. And I want to be as conscious of, of my wife's feelings, emotions, desires, wants equally to my kids. Mm-hmm. And I can easily get caught in the trap of, I need more. I want more. I want to buy this car. I want this house. I want this. I want this trip. I can easily get caught in that trap. Sure, of course. And, you know, the reality is we live in in a great place called Kelowna. We live on a great lot on the lake of uh, right lakefront. It's amazing. We have a beautiful house. Like, it's now about, you know, we came up with this saying in our coaching program called Fuck Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all about having a fuck yeah experience, whether that's, you know, spaghetti or steak for supper. What's a fuck yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, go to bed, stay up and watch the news. What's a fuck yeah? You know, go on a trip. What's a fuck yeah? And I'm trying everything I possibly can to do my fuck yeahs on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And while holding the pose or holding the structure of my company, because there's days where I just don't want to go to work. Mm-hmm. And it, and I'd rather stay at home or go on a hike with Krista, for example, like today. Um, so for me, it'd be about my purpose is to live as conscious as I possibly can in my fuck yeah experiences. What's mm-hmm. funny is that's the same thing. <laughs> but you just say it so like it's so boring, right? It's so boring. But the, the, so I'm going to add that probably will illustrate what I was trying to say a little better. If I'm not in my body and present to what is, mm-hmm. I don't know my fuck yeah. Yeah. I just follow what I think my fuck yeah should be, or like. Yeah what I think I should do next. And, and the truth is, it's so easy to get distracted on the goals, on the bullet points. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to get distracted. I'm going to achieve this and this and this. You know, I call them MTOs, minimum target, outrageous targets. Yep. And it's so easy to get stuck. And this is what I see with, with clients all the time. They get stuck on these things, these material things that they think are going to give them the freedom or the happiness or the love or the joy. When it's really about enjoying the ride that you're on now. And if you can learn... If I can learn, I'm going to speak for myself, if I can learn to enjoy the ride that I'm on now, whenever I get to wherever I want to get, which there's really no final destination, I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. I look back on on my journey from 2003 when I left hockey or even way back when I was a kid to to probably about five years ago. Like, dude, I was numb. Like, there's I'm, I don't remember certain things with the kids. I, I wasn't around with the kids. I wasn't even if I was around, I was always on my phone. I wasn't conscious. I wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. I, you know, that's not happiness to me. Mm-hmm. So do you do you have a definition for happiness? Do you know what makes you happy these days? Ah, good question. No, 
I'm not trying to trick you, by the way. I'm not trying to catch you off guard. I'm I'm, I'm literally seeing where you're at. Yeah, like that's a really good question. This actually came up with our counselor uh, the other day. Like I truly don't know um, because I've, I've, my whole life has been targets. My whole life has been bullet points, MTOs, here's the outcomes, right? If I hit this outcome, I'm going to be deemed successful. I'm going to feel successful. Well, I, I, people view me as successful only for a little while and they forget about you. So I always got to keep on one-upping. Mm-hmm. And and then internally, I was never dialed into my awareness around things or my awareness around happiness. And so I just kept on hitting target after target after target. So to me, hitting a target's easy. Like, it's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually really at work right now. And this this it's interesting timing with the world because now I'm sitting there like, you know, this is what we were talking about before we started was I'm actually starting to think about exiting real estate. Mm-hmm. I'm actually starting to think about exiting the game and it's scary as fuck because I don't know what's next. I don't know what makes me happy. I don't know what lights me up. So now I'm at work at trying to figure out what is my fuck. Yeah. So on, a, on a personal level. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's back to what we talked about, you know, in Olympics, like, it's like, the question is, who are you if you're not that? Like, who mm-hmm. are you if you're not that business owner? Who are you if you're not that Olympian? Who are you if you're not that NHL hockey player? And as you know, lots of hockey pay- players go through that. I mean, there lots of athletes do, pro athletes. We use that as an example because when they're the, when they are in the game and they're that they they there's an identity attached to it. Yeah. But who are you when you aren't that anymore? Like, what is the identity? And that's such a difficult. Uh, process you have to work at that uh you know i've seen this and and had many conversations with people that were transitioning out of out of sports but also out of business and who are you when you're not that so it's an interesting conversation to be had yeah krista what about you is there where do you seek or where do you find happiness these days well in moments like that where i'm in nature like this morning but actually for me patrick a big piece of my i'm gonna say happiness is realizing I don't have to be happy all the time. Mm. Like that, that actually all the feelings are okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I don't know how to say that. So it doesn't sound like boring or like not <laughs> okay, very. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. No, you don't, you're, you're, you're not here to entertain Jared. We're having a great conversation. <laughs> sure, sure. So. <laughs> Jared's, not, my Jared's not all that exciting. I got to <laughs> tell you, he thinks he is, but. I don't know. I wonder how I would have felt about someone saying that if I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to get somewhere. Yeah. But, 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 but COVID's played a big part of that. Like COVID happening is for us personally has happened at a great time, you know, because it allowed us to slow down and step back and it allowed us to not travel and get, you know, kind of park some of the material things that we got caught up in. Mm-hmm. And whereas now, you know, we don't have to go to Maui for 10 days, which I, totally want to really bad <laughs> really really wants to but krista you know for us to get nurtured yeah because we can go up to the hills we can go to the ski hill we can go down yeah. to the lake there's other things that we've found to fill our buckets of happiness other than material stuff yeah you know so for for me personally i really think that COVID has actually benefited us as a couple and energetically and spiritually to allow us to get to that level. So the transition from the stage, if you will, or the, to the NHL rink, if you will, using that definition to uh, not playing the game anymore is, has been a, it, it's perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember this, something that's coming to mind, Patrick. I remember actually Anurag telling me one time at a workshop that feeling deeply, you know, sadness or whatever you resist feeling, whatever you don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. If you allow that to come through and feel that deeply, 
you actually can feel deeper joy, deeper mm-hmm. happiness by allowing the opposite. So I'm gonna work on that, allowing all that is to come through and and letting it be. And and then yeah, back to like my highs are higher and my lows are lower, but it's it's not <laughs> bad. It's, it's great. Yeah, there's it's an, it's it is interesting though, and some of it's just being having the awareness of it. You know, so where does joy live? Where does happiness live? Where does sadness come from? Where does anger? I mean, in these really emotional times, if you're not aware, like if you haven't done the work, you're going to be blaming all these things. But ultimately, it lands with with us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, how we react, how we hold the space for it. You know, um, so. Here's what I've learned. So today I just had a shitty day. It was like kind of bummed out day. And I was really looking forward to having this conversation or a conversation with you. Hell, whether we recorded it or not was it was irrelevant, but just having catching up with you and uh and well with you, Krista, a little bit with Jared too. But with I was waiting for the jab. I was waiting. <laughs> of course, there has to be a jab there. So the but the point is there's a couple of things that I've really come to discover, and that is is that the preparation, the work I've done over the years actually set me up really well for COVID in not only in the physicalness of the space that we have and the space that we've created for ourselves and our home and all the rest of it. But also, you know, I've split with partners and and that was really powerful because it really brought me back to who I was, uh, you know, getting grounded in what my values were again, understanding what that was, understanding what my passion and my purpose was. Although I'd never lost, I always held the space for what I held as my calling, but really understanding for me, I got to a couple things around it in, in the work that I did with Shift, which was the program that Stephanie and I had, and I'm sure you guys go through this too as you're coaching, as much as you're coaching, you're actually evolving with the the people that you're working with. And uh, there is that evolution, right? And uh, I realized that passion is about me and purpose is about somebody else. Mm -hmm. And what I got really passionate about and what drove my purpose was supporting others. So what lights me up yeah. and what really gets me going and where I get fulfilled, where I get significance, which is all what we all are searching for always, but the is is in supporting others. And that's why the Real Estate Investment Network, why Rain was really cool. I get to support people in achieving their goals. And, you know, does it always work out the way I want it? Absolutely not. But ultimately, that's passion, purpose, calling. These are all, that's all language to understand where my joy lives, where my happiness lives is in supporting and helping others. And yeah. and that was the big lesson for me. I get a lot of joy these days. Material things, I want to get rid of shit. You know, like get rid of stuff. I'm tired of insuring it, washing it, whatever, you know, maintaining yeah. it. When Stephanie and I got our, we got our Bernese Mountain Dog, our dog last year. So she's, you know, Echo is the- Your, your dog just followed me on Instagram, funny yeah. enough. <laughs> she, she's got a great Instagram following. But anyways, the point is, is that I get so much joy out of yeah. training that girl. She's amazing. Yeah. She loves to be trained. She just loves to please, but she's just such, such a big part of our family. The breed is amazing. And, you know, I got, so I look at these things that I get joy. Now, what gets me fired up? Freaking politics. Drive me crazy watching what's happening. What fires me up is the uh, divisiveness and the polarity that's being created in these conversations about COVID, vax, no vax. Like, it's just like, I'm going, what the hell is happening to this world? It seems to be caving in. It scares the shit out of me. Like, I I literally, this morning, what fired me up? Um, Oh, uh, saw something in Australia. They're like, taking people off the streets and locking them up into whatever blah, 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 home or whatever, the, whatever. And I'm going, that scares the shit out of me. Like yeah. I had anxiety about it this morning and it really set my day off. And I had to get the hell off of that newsfeed and uh, get back to just, okay, I'm here. I'm present. 
right now there's nothing I can do about that and yeah. <clears throat> just get grounded in what I do. So as a little bit of a rant just to get caught up with it all, but uh, yeah. when you look at what's happening for you and you, and so my daughter, as you know, Aaron and my grandkids, they got their life in Alberta, but I'm like, I'm scared for them. I'm afraid for them, you know, with what's going on in the world today. Uh, how are you handling it with your children, with your family? And, and how are you seeing the world given what's happening? That's a big question. I don't yeah, know. I'll jump in on that. I think it's, I'm careful what I focus on. Mm. And, you know, it's things like, I don't know what the future holds. And I can get really inundated and overwhelmed by the trying to figure out where is all this leading? What's the purpose of all this? Where is it going? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but things like, you know, this weekend, I, I was telling you, Patrick, I had the conversation telling my son, like, I think you should take on learning a little bit about crypto. I do think it. that's something we're going to need to know about. 100%. Do the things we can do to control our, or steward their future as consciously as possible, but it's just like this thing with COVID. It's the important piece is your your outlook on it, your mental, your mental. It's awful to see the things that are going on around us, but we still get to choose how we show up in it and what, what how we're living our lives. So doing that with the kids. I mean, if I if I really go down the rabbit hole of getting focused on what their future looks like, it could go pretty doom and gloom, but mm-hmm. what's the purpose in that? That's mm-hmm. not really going to benefit anything, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, man, it, like I, I have this, a lot of the same views as you. Like it drives me mental about restaurants and this pass and the can't fly stuff. And like, I, I just, it, it's really fucked up what's happening. You know, to be, but to be totally honest, I don't watch anything, man. Like I don't, mm-hmm. You know, we have people that send us videos. You got to watch this video. And I don't watch it. Like, I, yeah. I just, you know, sometimes Chris will start watching stuff. I'm like, why are you watching that shit? Like, mm-hmm. it's such a, it's such a mind fuck uh, for me to, uh, like, the, it, like, like you, like you watch this thing on Australia and it takes you out. Mm-hmm. I get like that. Like, I can get really mad mm-hmm. if I let this stuff into my world and I just don't let it in. You know, mm-hmm. and as far as the future, dude, uh, there's, you know, like, I don't know. I can't do anything about it. Essentially, like I'm not going to go start standing on a soda box and start you know, or a milk cart and start spouting off my thoughts because I'm just going to get ripped on social media because that's the world we live in. We live totally. in such a cancel. We live in such a cancel culture yeah. that, you know, it's, I'm very scared for what's going to come in 10, 15 years for my kids. Yeah. Um, you know, but on the flip side, there's lots of lessons for my kids. There's a lot of opportunity for the kids if they if they can see the opportunity in front of them. And it goes back to teaching my kids how to always be asking for help, always be self-reflecting, always looking back into a phrase that Stephanie always used to say is, you don't know what you don't know. So always be looking for the things that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And the reality is we just don't know the future. It's crazy. It's legit changing every day. It is changing every day. I, you know, I just look into the world of possibilities and probabilities I like you, I don't watch any mainstream media anymore. I I do get caught in it because I'm also doing, we have the research Mm -hmm. team looking at what's going on economically. And so I do spend a lot of time looking at the world, what's happening economically. Uh, You know, I owe that to the community. That's part of what we do. And it's what I'm actually, I really like it. I'm kind of nerding Mm -hmm. out on research and because I think it's important. 
And it's important for a number of reasons, but, you know, not the least of which is that we can't control the future, but we can see what the future may hold and then we can risk mitigate. And that's really Mm -hmm. what it's all about. You know, for those that are listening to this, I cannot stress enough uh, just because I did a big presentation on it uh, at a couple of different events, including our own, is, you know, what the impact of 5G is going to be. I did a whole presentation on, you know, in the world of real estate, you know, what the work from home, work from anywhere movement is going to mean? Uh, what is it going to mean uh, with technology and what's coming our, wor- our way? Is, is It can be either frightening or you can look at it and go, this is cool. I want to embrace it. And mm-hmm. for, for listeners of this podcast or viewers, cryptocurrencies, crypto, blockchain, understanding it, NFTs, non-fungible tokens, you must you must embrace it. Do not, it's not, you're not going to, it's happening and you can either get ahead of it and understand it. It's not saying go buy a bunch of Bitcoin. I'm not suggesting you do that at all. I I, I personally own Bitcoin, but I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting to you that understand the technology because it is coming. And, you know, JG or um, yeah, JG and I talk a lot about technology and, and the shift in technology and what it means to us as real estate investors. But when we look at what's happening with technology in the world overall, I'll share a couple things with you uh, because, like I say, I'm doing the research. Uh, autonomous cars, okay, and and non, you know, like driverless cars. What you know, people go, well, that's future. You know, that's the future state. It's happening. We mm-hmm. literally, there's a hundred cars that there are over a hundred cars that have been operating in China since the beginning of this year, 2021. Totally driverless, autonomous cars. They have their own lanes. They're driving around, picking people up, dropping people off. It's happening. It's like literally happening. And so we, you know, is you know, I say the virtual goggles. Everybody's maybe tried on a pair and they've played games with them or they've done whatever. Three years from now, you will have to own a pair. You will have mm-hmm. to own a pair because it is how you will operate. And uh, you know, the one of the things that I on the presentation I did was that you know our life is in the fo- in the in the palm of our hand being our phone. So do you remember when you actually talked on the phone? Now you really don't do that too much, but it had your contacts, then it had your music, then and then you got to get your social media, and then you were FaceTiming and down, you know, and uh, you know, streaming video. Mm-hmm. Now your medical records are on there, your mm-hmm. travels on there, your GPS Probably. is on there. Okay, so we go, our, our life is in the palm of our hand and we think about our phone. Okay, so Amazon One, check it out. You literally walk up to the store, lay your palm on whatever device that they've got, pays everything. They've got all your your uh, shipping address information. They got everything there. So if Amazon has got it, it means that everything in your life that we have on our phone, I'm holding up my phone, is is going in that direction, and you will mm-hmm. literally do that. So technology, it's, it's amazing. It's scary too. It's frightening. I think yeah. it's important in this here, this could get scary. This conversation could go like totally dark, frightening. but here, here's where it's important. I keep looking at, okay, great. What can I do now? What, what, how can I impact this? So, you, you know, I'm trying to shop as much local as possible, yeah. trying not to use Amazon where I can avoid it. Yeah. Uh, and, and all those little things. So I'll control that. That's, that's a really important thing. I think people have to worry about or, be concerned about ask the question what can i do to impact this Mm -hmm. if there's nothing then inform yourself but don't get stuck there there was there is no hope in hell that you're that that the online 
business is not going to rule everybody's life. And, mm. you know, I'm, as a small business owner, I'm in a unique position, you know, in, in the industry I'm in, in Edmonton, I, my, you know, my retail store, my one remaining retail store, by the way, because I had to close one down through that whole thing. There was no, um. no way of saving the, the second location, which meant I laid off staff and did all the rest of it. So we got one location and it's, and because of the industry, we'll, we'll probably do okay with it. I don't know. I mean, right now it's great. And, uh, but who knows what's going to happen in that regard. But, you know, the, the general retail world, um, you know, people, you know, it's like drones will be delivering goods. They already are. Mm -hmm. It's just that that game is going to pick up. So the point is, is that technology, when it comes to real estate, is going to change real estate. It already yeah. has. Okay. 5G and I, this isn't, you know, we, you, I'm not even going to get into the controversy of 5G. I'm just telling you, 5G is here. It's being installed everywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, in British Columbia, Alberta, they all have 5G. Everybody thinks it just means faster, faster internet speed or more clarity and stuff on your phone. No, it, that's probably the bottom of the list. And it's going to be augmented reality, which is already ha happening. It's going to be virtual reality, which is already happening. It's going to be blockchain, which is already happening. People will not have to go into the office and this, the stats are staggering. And that's why we're seeing real estate blow up in all these smaller towns. We're going like, why, mm -hmm. why are everybody moving to Halifax? Well, number one, it's affordable. We're going to have a, a nation of renters. So number one, it's affordable. So people who don't want to rent, uh, maybe even if they do, they're going East Coast because they want lifestyle. They want bigger space because they're freaked out. You know what the number one fear? And I'm not trying to be a, you know, bumming anybody out on this podcast, but you know what the number one fear of people going back to the office is health and safety. Yeah. That's it. And that isn't going to go away anytime soon. And even if that's 20%, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean 100%. And certainly 100% of people can't work from home. You got all the service workers, you got construction workers and mm -hmm. restaurants and all the rest of it. They can't work from home. But those individuals who can, the tech people, the, the administrative, uh, you know, whatever that might be that can are. And even if it's 20% of them, it's going to have a huge impact on real estate. One on the commercial side, how offices are set up. But more importantly, yeah. people don't want to commute to work. They're going, I'm not yeah. driving an hour one way or the other. You know, especially, you know, and we'll use Toronto and Vancouver as an example, right? Yeah, I just read an article about how, you know, Edmonton, for example, I think the article is like, the title was Boomtown, Bustown, Zoomtown. Yeah. What's Edmonton? And this article went in to say how people are leaving Ontario, Toronto, the GTA and the Lower Mainland and moving to Alberta. Yep. Because cost of living is so cheap and they can work from anywhere because yep. these towns are turning into Zoom towns. 100%. Well, you know, think about just, the talent. So think about the talent. You know, so for example, you've got a very successful business, Tilt Property Management. And by the way, I had a vacancy and your your team was awesome. Yeah, did we turn that around? I think I, we... I, think I was pretty impressed. Well, first off, I was impressed because you had put the tenant in there to begin with. Not I don't know if you, your team. <laughs> I did. Yeah, my team did. Your yeah. team did. And that tenant, I think those guys were there like on that particular property for five years. Yeah, you know, they didn't kick yeah. the shit out of the property too bad. It was only going to no, cost it was just standard, yeah, cleaning and yeah, painting. Yeah, yeah, I think sure it was going to cost me ten or twelve grand, whatever. I mean, after five years, I think that's a deal, and then you have to put a yeah. fridge in it. Anyways, the point is this: is that uh, your team did a great job of not only getting it turning around. It was it was great. So I'm just a shout out so to the team. So a funny story. Do you remember your tenant that was in there for a very long time? Donna, that I took it? Donna, Donna? Yeah, I, yeah. I still have her number in my phone. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was flipping through my phone the other day uh, looking for. Phone number. number. 
And I ran into Donna slash patches and brackets Patrick's tenant. Yeah. And I just started laughing because the memories of having to kick her out. And, yeah, yeah. You know, that property, that, that property, I mean, it's been, I think it's oh, the longest I've had in my portfolio. And yeah. uh, so it, it is pretty funny. But anyways, <laughs> uh, where was I going with that? Oh, oh. so anyways, you've got a very successful business. That was my point. And here's the thing about work from home, work from anywhere. Let's say you're looking for a new general manager, a new ops manager, a new accountant, a new anybody. Literally, the globe is your resource. So in other words, you can take talent, you can now attract talent from anywhere in the world to work. And they can be the best technicians, they can be the best administrative, and they can be in the UK. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think I I experienced this. So we we you know pre COVID we we hired a manager. Post COVID, you know she's no longer with us. And there are some consequences to Zoom of course. and working remotely. You know, like we lost community, we lost we lo- we lost culture. You know, because you know I watched this um, Instagram thing by Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Yeah. yeah. So Simon Sinek, you know, I've watched this thing, and he's like, the Zoom culture, the Zoom world has ruined offices in a lot of degrees because. Sure situations because on a zoom meeting one you can't interrupt it's almost impossible to interrupt someone over a zoom there's no dialogue that happens on a zoom because everyone stops to listen to the next when the meeting's over on zoom you close the screen and there's no interaction there's no water cooler talk there's no talking before you come and staying out so community starts shifting and in community that's where trust lives so Mm. there are some challenges with zoom and actually, in our office, we we don't do any Zoom. We don't work remote. I don't want it. No one's allowed to work remote. You know, if you're sick, you can, sure. But, you know, we still have to report, report to the office because culture and community are so important. Yep. Because that's where true that's where trust lies. Yeah, and I'm not and I'm not defending it all. I mean, we've been fortunate. We've had an international team, so we've been remote for yeah. a number of years, and it's less than ideal. We go out of our way. We do things like have uh, you know all company pizza parties and birthday parties, and you mm-hmm. know. So I send out you know I send the team you know whatever cluster that we might have of a team in a in an area. You know, somebody will go out and they'll get together and they'll do pizza parties and we'll do remote pizza parties and stuff. Like we have to intentionally create the environment so that you can actually achieve some kind of you know results in that regard because to your point it's like it's tough to do it's like even having uh, member meetings rain meetings it's man we work our asses off to try and create an environment that people were so accustomed to getting together Mm -hmm. at a live event i mean that's what we were known for we did four or five of them a month and, uh, you know, so it's been, a, it's, there's certainly been some challenges in that re- regard. People have adapted, but it's less than ideal. Yeah. Like, I think, to be honest, I think rain had a leg up on a, on my company, for example, um, when COVID happened, COVID happens, you know, I, I have to pivot like overnight into yeah. zoom. Whereas you guys already had the foundation in place for zoom. Cause you guys were already naturally working remote with yeah. some, your assistants and VAs and stuff like that. Yeah. And you already had the structure with, you know, people in Toronto and people in Vancouver and people like you always are, you already had that infrastructure to pivot. I didn't have that, Yeah, you know? So all of a sudden I have to go and most of these companies didn't have that, you know? So all of a sudden we go from being in-house to remote and it's just like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And it, it takes like six to eight months to see those balls that start start dropping because mm-hmm. everything's still in the air. And all of a sudden, six, eight months later, it's like smash, fire, smash, fire, smash, fire. Mm-hmm. It's all these things start blowing up because I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Whereas you guys pivoting, you know, with your staff into remote, 
easy transition for you. Um, you know, even transitioning into the big rooms into a Zoom room, you guys still had the foundation in place to yeah. have success there. Totally. I didn't have that. And I think most companies don't have that. And I think a lot of companies are actually suffering because they haven't transitioned right. Big transition. Um, yeah. Okay, so you talked about a little bit about uh, where I want to go is is just your view uh, because we see what's going on in Alberta. We look at the affordability in the housing world and just the cost of living. Uh, we are in fact seeing investors move capital into Alberta uh, because there is you know real estate is affordable. You can cash flow. And so we're actually seeing money move out of British Columbia and Ontario, for example, and capital flow into Alberta. But you're talking about maybe a transition out of real estate. What's what's driving that thought process for you? You know, like my my I, I often describe it as this: like my race is almost over. You know, there's other people that are just starting their journey. There are other people that are just starting to tie up their shoes. I've already been running a 26k. Mm-hmm. And it's like my finish line is there. And there's, I just think there's other things and other opportunities out there for me that, you know, my time, it's like my time's just up. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not, you know, but the size of my portfolio, it's not like I can go dump everything tomorrow. But if, if come springtime, the market is in the same position it's in now, not that it's great, not that it's bad, it's just flat, it's fine. Yeah. You know, I bought some of my properties back in 2003. So I've had them for, you know, 19 years now, 20 mm-hmm. years by the time I start selling. It's just time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my end goal is to, you know, we're 43 years old. I'm turning 44. Um, you know, by the time I'm 50, I'd like to, you know, kind of transition into something different. What that is, I have no idea, which is why I'm at work at trying to find out, figure out what makes me happy and what lights me up. Mm-hmm. I think the market in, in Alberta, as, as as we all know, as we both know, anyways, is it's it's a good market. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm very grateful that I have properties that cash flow as well as they do. You know, I was always taught cash flow, mortgage pay down and appreciation. Like that's that's languaging that Rain's been saying for a long time. And cash flow, mortgage pay down, appreciation. That's why you play the game. So for me, it's just a matter of time's up. You know, my my the, the roast is done. And it's <laughs> done. time to it, yeah, it's time. You know, there's other things to do. Like we have millions of dollars in our portfolio. You know, it's just time to move up. Potentially. I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm saying I'm I'm looking at doing it. So. It's part of the plan. Yeah. yeah so like does, uh, so Krista, does that uh, how does that make you feel? Does that does that make you a little bit nervous knowing Jared? Well, I, I tease him because he I say it all the time. Well, he always talks about being retired. And I'm just like, there's you're never retiring. Like that's just it's not in his nature to yeah, you know, I lose not. my shit. Like I can't. Like I, I, I'm yeah. on the total Freedom 95 program because I just cannot see myself ever mm-hmm. stopping. I, I share a story with you. My my mom, who's 93 years old, you know, is uh, still going, and she's and I and I go, Mom, I can hardly wait to celebrate your hundredth birthday. And she goes, Oh gosh, I don't want to live to a hundred. Like you know, it's, it's funny, <laughs> right? How how we are. So you know, it it, it is, and she's still so. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, she physically, you know, she's certainly slowed down and she needs her walker and all the rest of it. But, uh, you know, I look at her mentally and and I go, wow, she's still fired up about life in a lot of ways. Sure. It's very interesting. Good. And I and I know it, and I believe myself following that same path. I hope I, you know, I plan on living to at least 93, um, you know, maybe 103. But, you know, I, I really see that. 
you know, being fired up about life and what we do is so important. Mm -hmm. So I get it where you, Jared, where you're going is like, yeah, okay. The real estate thing's cool. I've made my millions and you know, that's awesome, but it doesn't light me up so much anymore. And that's okay. Right. It's transition where all this development, all these skills that you've got, where, where else can they go to uh, have an impact on the world? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like the journey has been fun. Like it's been an extremely fun ride. It's has, it's had its ups and downs and you know, it's like anything. It's like, you know, people often say, well, if you think real estate's so good, why are you getting out? Well, I, I, I bought my first place back in 2003. Like I'm, a, I'm at a different place in the, in the, you know, on the journey than a lot of people. And I don't know. I just feel like there's something else. I just don't know what that else is. Oh, so I got to share, I'll share this with you. This was really cool. Uh, it was a total view of the world that I thought was, you know, somebody shared which, about life. And they go, you know, something life is people have this expectation that it should be just this like static, like ideally we just want this static line, like this, you know, Zen-like life, you know, but our life is up and down. Uh It kind of reminds me of a heartbeat, they say, you know, it's up and down. My, my heart is beating. My life is Mm -hmm. beating. That Zen line reminds me of a flat line, which means I'm dead. So, and I went, oh, that was so good. Love that metaphor, you know? Yeah. So That's true. It's so true, right? So life is up and down and it it will always be up and down. And uh, it's the ups and downs that uh, really help us evolve. It is who we become. It helps us create character and and, uh, really set ourselves up to what's next in our life. So these, uh, peaks and valleys, uh, we all wish they were, you know, more peaks and less valleys, but that just doesn't happen that way. You but, know? but like, I look at all the valleys that I've been in, like, I've learned so much from them, man. Oh, you know, like 100%. I've been, I've been able to like, it's like anything you can go through any lesson, any experience, but if you don't learn from it, it's worthless. Mm-hmm. And you know, every every bad thing that I've ever been through in my life, I've been able to learn from it, take away and pivot mm-hmm. and make, make life better, make relationship better, make, you know, relationship with each other better and self better and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I couldn't imagine doing my life any different than I have Yeah. to this, to this point. Yeah. I just don't know if I want to do it the same going forward, you know? So now it's like, okay, now I want to be more open to things. I want to allow things to come in. I want to allow experiences to show up and be aware that I'm in an ex- I'm in this experience versus mm-hmm. numbing out because I got other I got all this shit going on. Yeah, you know, like we were in the hot tub today at like what noon just before this call. We're in the hot tub and rad. It's I don't even know what day it is today, Monday I think. And we're doing we're in the hot tub and Chris is talking to me and I'm so busy with work and I'm not busy working. I just got I'm just holding the space for work. Yeah, yeah. That I I I maybe heard ten percent of what she said. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'm not, uh, you got to say all that again. Anything. Like, no, just, no, no, I just no, 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 I gave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, I, I did get in shit for not paying attention. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I'm just like, I'm kind of done with that, you yeah. know, and, and it's like, you know, it's like people see our lives or my life, for example, it'll be like, oh, you don't work. Well, I, sure. I don't go to the office, but I'm holding the space. 100%. And, and then sometimes holding the space for all of this is a lot harder than going to the office nine to five. Yep. It can be exhausting. Okay. So as totally. we wind things down, let's, uh, let's do some, uh, let me, let's do some rapid fire questions. Let's do some, some quick questions. We haven't, we haven't checked in for a while. So, uh, let me get my questions here. Let me show my, okay. Ah, I want to know. Okay. Here's a good one. You know, you do a lot of work. You've done a lot of stuff. Do you have, um, uh, let's go to Krista first, ladies first. Do you have a 
self-care routine, something that you do on a regular basis? Is it morning, afternoon? Do you have a self-care routine that, you know, you kind of are religious about? Yeah, it's shifted and it always is shifting. And for me, that's, I have had to give myself the permission to do what I need to do anytime. It doesn't have to be regimented in the morning. For a long time, it was like morning routine. Mm -hmm. Now, so mine is like, I go within and move my body from within. It's kind of like a moving meditation. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I feel something getting stuck or I'm struggling with something, I give that permission to do that at any time. Now, are you really physical? Do you, I know, Jared, you used to run. I don't know if you're still running or not, but mm -hmm. Krista, are you, are you physical in that sense? Are you wired the same way? Yeah, I go to the gym. Um, and I notice if I don't go to the gym routinely, when I get there, I'm like, oh, I need these endorphins. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a real um, rush from that. Uh, but I have to not get caught up in the regimentedness of that because that mm. doesn't serve me sometimes i need to listen to my body and slow down so both got it so meditation is there physical you do some physical stuff i know that you guys eat very very well you're very conscious of your diet mm -hmm. that's cool anything else yeah. are you a journal do you journal I, um, I don't you do i did do this year i did the artist way for the first time have you ever done that patrick no Artist Way is about morning pages, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done pages. And that was a fun practice because I'm not necessarily normally a writer, mm -hmm. but I really enjoyed it's all about like emptying first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. And what that did is it really frees up, it gets all the junk out. Yeah. To free you up. Um, so now that's a practice that's there when I feel called to it. What works for me, Patrick, you know, some people are like they have to do a certain maybe it's their meditation. Mm -hmm. That's very restrictive to me, and it actually shuts me down a little bit. Mm. I like having like a whole tool bag full of tricks Flex. and go to what I feel called to. Great. That's, I'm, I, it's take me, I, I don't articulate it the way you just did, but I'm, I have gravitated that way. I used to be very regimented in certain things, and now yeah. I, I, I'm not as, here's what I, my routine is. I need my time in the morning for me, full stop. Yeah. doesn't matter what I do. If it's working yeah. out, if it's journaling, if it's, if it's meditation, I generally have been, I'm pretty, pretty good with my meditations these days, but yeah. Um, yeah so, but that's articulated. Well, don't, don't create a tight box, but do something. Stay don't have it. Like, don't have a real should on it. Have yeah. a like drawn towards, yeah. um, to it. And I think the other thing Chris has done really, really well, which I, I don't do is community. Like she's dialed into her, her friends. Like she's, yeah, she's got a good community. You know, yeah. Like her yeah. community is awesome. And yeah. you know, whereas I don't necessarily have the community that she has yet mm -hmm. and women need women, mm -hmm. you know, like 100%. I can't be, I can't be Chris's person. Yep. And we learned that years ago. So Chris yep. has done a really great job at creating this community of women that she can go to. Um, versus coming to me. Well, I learned that from Stephanie, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember Stephanie coming to me and saying, Krista, you need women. Mm -hmm. And and then that's when I went into that women's entrepreneur group that she told me about. Yeah. And then, and my life has really shifted since then. And now I know how to be in relationship with women in a healthy way. So important. So yeah. important. Women need to get that one. I know that one. As a guy, I know that because, yeah. of course, I know lots of women who do that. So anyways, exactly. I'm no expert. <laughs> I just know what I know. My observation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jared, what about you? What about you? Have you got a routine? Yeah. I know you were a runner. You well, like you to... know, the problem, the problem with me is I have such an addictive personality. You know, like I started uh, 
man, a number of months ago, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do this 75 hard. And so I started training twice a day and running and working out and everything's twice a day. And it was so intense. And so then I started hurting my knee and then also my body starts hurting. And this, like I'm all in or all out. And, but for a while there, for a couple of years, I was doing a morning practice where I do this 45 minute, 60 minute breath work, uh, movement practice. And so I kind of got out of that um, a number of months ago where then I, then I picked up running and I got addicted to running. <laughs> I still like running. I just don't run as much. Like I'm it's just, it's hard on the body. It is. And yeah, it's, I love it a lot. Like I, I can run for an hour and a half, two hours and yeah. my podcast will go in my mind. I come up with so many great ideas yeah. and it's just so freeing. And it's just, to me, it's just a huge, you know, energetic release for me. Um, but I'm, I love working out, you know, like, uh, man, I try to work out every morning. Uh, I'm in with my trainer a few times a week. I'm joined a hit class, it, you know, but the biggest thing for me is I get up every morning and I make us coffee. Chris gets up with the kids. I get up, you know, a few minutes later, I make us coffee and we just hang out. Mm -hmm. And that's our time to connect. That's our time. Like our day doesn't start till about 10 o'clock. A mm -hmm. lot of times I don't go to the office. You know, sometimes I'll check my phone for emails, but it's really my routine is just this morning practice of just slowing down and just connecting with Krista. You know, then I'll hit the gym at 930, 10 o'clock. And then, you know, I'm usually working by noon pretty hardcore, but but I want to start running again. Like I really, really miss Don't running. Don't force the river to quit running. No, but here's the problem. I can't, <laughs> I can't think I can run two hours again. Yeah. You know, like I think if I went out for a 30, 35, 40 minute run, that's, and then cap it at that. Um, but the problem is I start feeling good. Then I'm like, oh, I'm going to go another mile. I'm going to go another mile. Next thing you know, I'm going 12 miles and yeah. I can't fucking walk the next day. Right. Well, you it's know, and, and you know, so I used to run, like I ran a lot, <laughs> Yeah, I know. you know, yeah. so, and I did half marathons and I did all this stuff and, and even, but even at my kind of most lean weight, you know, where I'm like six, 8% body fat, I'm still 195 pounds. And I was yeah. back then. It may not be now, you know, if I got that lean again, I'm not interested in getting that lean again. But the point is this, is that it kicks the shit out of your body. And I think today yeah. I struggle with some of the aches and pains that I've got was because I ran and uh, I ran too much. And so, yeah. you know, you're uh, dude, you're getting old. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I have a different frame than you. Like you got yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. your broad shoulders yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. thin, right? You're not a gazelle. You're, you're a gazelle. Yeah. Like we're just have like different. We have, I'm like yeah, we have different. I'm a Clydesdale. <laughs> you're a racehorse. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did you just say you're like a moose? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Alberta. So I went back to Clydesdale. That's still a horse oh thing. Oh my but God. Was, I love it. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I think it's really important to have some kind of routine to ground you and start your day, yeah. you know, versus just getting up and just going go and numbing out. Don't I think do that's it. Where, that's do, where numbing out happens. Keep, the, keep your phone the hell away from you for a while. Take a break. And it's from hard. Your phone. It is it's hard. so hard. It's so yes. addicting, right? That is yeah. the addiction. Everybody's got it. It's also uh, part of the plan. So yeah. uh, that's what they do. <laughs> yes, right? it is, Patrick. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. I'm trying to teach my kids that. <laughs> so okay, so Chris, I want to go back because uh, something we I, I don't want to step over, and and we are we're and before we sign off, you've got a project that you're working on, uh, a coaching program for. Women entrepreneurs, am I going back in my memory? That was so hour and 20 minutes ago. I know. <laughs> yeah, forever ago. Yeah, uh, my best friend Kirsten and I, we met in a women entrepreneur program. And then we've gone and done all kinds of different work together and then separately. And we're really just bringing what we feel we needed, still need, and what women need. Mm -hmm. And a lot, it's, it's really leading from your body rather than your mind. Mm -hmm. And getting your mind and body connected and tools and a 
a collective and a, you know, a container for women to be together to do that. So that's great. So now are, have you launched it or are you planning on launching it? If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what would they do? Send an email to somebody? What are you doing? I think our, I think our social media is starting today. Okay, great. Um, yeah. And it's in January that yeah. we're, we're starting our first one. I am such a huge fan of women doing women's work, you yeah. know, and I mean, looking after themselves, they are, uh, historically women have a tendency to be givers, 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 and they don't realize that, um, they need to look after themselves. It is the, you know, so simple in terms of, you know, put your mask on first women. Yes. You are the core generally of your household and your family. You need to look after yourself. I learned that lesson many, many years ago. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Stephanie was act, you know, so instrumental in that. And, and, yeah. uh, I've, I've really supported many in, in that whole initiative. And I think it's important for men too. The point is we have to look after yeah. ourselves as leaders, as, you know, as, as, you know, husbands as as fathers as wives yeah. as as mothers man we gotta look after ourselves you know who are well, we and, if we're not? and and women are men are different hundred percent so, yeah but i think as women we try to do the world of business and yeah. even just living like men a lot of times yeah and that's not true to our nature well we see this all the time with like our coaching our real estate coaching program see it all the time like we we kind of specialize in working with couples but we'll see this couple sitting in on on zoom funny yeah. enough or, or you know on the computer and one is there because the other mm-hmm. and you know so what what we've come to realize as you guys is one women need women and men need men yeah mm-hmm. and it's so hard i i truly don't believe that you can go build a business together equally any business mm-hmm. together equally because mm-hmm. everyone has different intentions and unsaid intentions and unsaid yeah. desires and wants and the mistake that I see often happen in our relationship, Krista might have just hung on too long in the business because she felt like that's what she needed to do to support me. Yeah. Or it could have been vice versa too, which is great. Which is what makes their program so great is women need women. They do. Period. You know, because we'll you stop. guys talk about women talk about stuff that just I don't. I have no interest in talking about. <laughs> and then we don't have to check. <laughs> Well, it is. It's such an interesting, well, it is. It's so interesting. And uh, sadly, wives and moms too often feel selfish and I can't, yeah. it's, you know, they, they don't, they don't like it that way. Anyways. So for those of you who are listening, if that's something of interest to you, you know, certainly uh, seek out Krista Hope and uh, take a look at what she's got going on. Jared and Krista, as always, uh, great to talk to you and so happy to have had the opportunity to sit down and have this conversation with you today. Loved it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.